this, then you finally found what you've been looking for. From 2010 through 2019, horror saw a range of themes, styles, and subgenres, ranging from films like Get Out and Hereditary as psychological thrillers to The Visit and Wreck in the found footage subgenre and supernatural themes such as The Conjuring, Insidious, and Sinister franchises. The Purge examined societal violence and class divides, while films like The Witch and Midsummer combined horror elements with art house aesthetics. Overall, the 2010s were a rich and diverse decade for horror, with filmmakers exploring new ways to frighten and engage audiences while addressing contemporary issues and pushing the boundaries of the genre. Let the game begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of So You Like Horror. Now, if you've been tagging along all of 2023, is that, yeah, 2023 with us, we started back in January with doing horror through the decades, starting with the 1920s. So each month we hit a decade and but we're, we're in October now. So we're at the 2010s, 20-teens, whatever it may be. So basically, that's where we're at. We're about to get into it. It gets a little harder to to cover these topics as the decades go on because there's so much content made. But in the 2010s, I guess if you want to call it, um, there are a lot of successful films that that came out. I mean, you had The Conjuring Universe startup. You had Insidious. You had Sinister. Um, you had new directors. Uh, really like putting their names out there. Jordan Peele would get out. You had Ty West. You had Ari Aster uh, with Midsummer, things like that. So, you know, once that decade hit, you know, they came in full force. Um, and, you know, as we covered films through the decades, like I said, it, it just became harder and harder because there were so many good directors with so much good content coming out. Um, traditionally horror is kind of looked down upon by critics and just, you know, the mainstream period. So, you know, having this much content come out and having this much stuff, you know, beloved was kind of wild, but also a thing that happened in the 2010s is classics started being revitalized. I mean, we got a nightmare on elm street remake we got uh the number one horror movie in the decade was a remake of a 1990 film being it um the religious and religious horror and uh the uh what's what's the word i'm looking for uh social commentary of the 70s kind of came back in the 2010s or 10s as well so you know this decade is wild so with that being said, since we're in such a wild decade, I had to bring a wild guest on. So I want to bring back the man who forced me to do the Sharknado episodes. I'm not saying I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it wasn't it wasn't the number one pick in the draft. It, it was like the 15th pick. But coming back to the show and helping me out with this uh, this episode, this decade is going to be Mr. Ricky Tiki. What's up, my friend? 
Thank What's you going, and Dante? how you feeling? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Good. Excited to be back and talking again. I thought I burnt my thought I burnt my bridge in the sixties. I didn't think you were ever gonna let me come back. Nah, nah. It, that was the thing. I was trying to find like the perfect decade. Because I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I want to have them back either for a decade or or, or a theme. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I feel like the 20 teens is one of those ones where it's like I could sit here and try to thumb through it and 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 you know fuck around. And I was like, what if I get Ricky? I know like you like doing that homework. You like mm-hmm. you know, all right, let me go watch these movies. And and then come back with a very interesting take. So, for and it's wild as this, this one had a lot of homework for me because at oh, this yeah. time I'd gotten with my wife, and I think mm-hmm. I mentioned before she does zero horror, like not at all. She doesn't even do psychological thrillers. If she sent me that list of stuff to watch, I'm like, huh, huh, huh. I've seen that one, huh, huh. Yeah, I've heard of the rest of these. I literally had seen one movie on this whole entire list that you had sent me. I was like, damn, I really I did slack off this whole entire decade. I gotta do some homework. <laughs> the that the decade too was kind of a weird one because it's like one thing that you had kind of happening is the 90s, which I felt like was a dead decade. But then when we did it, it was like, holy shit, there was so much good that came out of the 90s. And then you look at the 2000s, it's like, okay, kind of had to dip off, but not really. But then when I really, really thought about it, it was the mainstream horror that fell off. So yeah. if if you're not in the horror, horror bag like that, mm-hmm. you're not really feeling what's coming out. So when The Conjuring dropped, that was something that was like, oh, this put horror back on the map again yeah. for the mainstream mm-hmm. and then insidious and then sinister and then the ball started rolling well i think a lot of it has to do too is the the quality over the quantity like late into the mm-hmm. 80s and early into the 90s they were just anything you slap horror on it they were putting that mo- motherfucker in a movie theater and oh, you course. go see it and you're like this is supposed to be scary after five six seven years of that you're like well i'll just wait till it comes out on vhs like i don't need to be bothered with it and then, like you said, it dried up a little. And all of a sudden, they made it more the psychological, like y'all were talking about, with like Scream and stuff like that. That yeah. piqued an interest because it was different. It wasn't just slapped horror. This was scary because this shit could have happened next door. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of led into the early 2000s and stuff. And it kind of stayed in that same vein. But then it dipped again. They started putting out too much. They were doing a lot of refires and remakes and Every little thing. Oh, Dante said one time he was scared of a, a grasshopper. Let's make a whole fucking horror franchise about grasshoppers. Like they were just putting on anything. And then, like when you when we talk about this list, this list that you specifically this list, I'm gonna reference it a lot because it's the one you sent me. But there is other stuff that that came out at this time. But a lot of this is more. It was looking back. It was looking back to 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 shit that was either you know quote unquote real based on real events. Or was looking back to old one, but a proper remake. One of the things that I thought about, and it, it just clicked to me actually today as I was kind of reviewing the notes. One of the big things that happened in the 80s that kicked off this huge spark was VHS and access to video rentals and the audience. So teenagers specifically really gobbled up a lot of horror in the 80s. And then I started thinking about it. Right now, we're kind of in that that same thing with streaming. 
there's so much to stream horror wise. I mean, fuck, there are like three, maybe more horror apps with movies just dedicated to horror. I mean, Shudder's one of them. Um, I think Dread is another one. There, there's one other app. I can't remember it off top right now. But, you know, you have now just streaming platforms specifically for horror. Now, you know, it kind of calls back to the 80s where, again, you can go down to your local video store, rent a movie, and most times people are renting, you know, Critters, uh, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know, shit like that. That was wild. Uh, ghoulies, it, you know, and it, it wasn't like the, the regular mainstream folk that people see like, oh, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. And now you're kind of getting that now where a big part of this list, you know, was kind of mostly mainstream. But then as I started sitting there thinking, I was like, dude, there's so much more that's not on the, any of these lists that I keep like pulling up because a lot of it was kind of the, I want to say underground, but mm. it was more like deep cuts, you know, again, you had your uh, screen four come out in that decade. You had, you know, the Freddy remake, or it might've been the Jason remake, one of the two. Um, you had the Halloween uh, 2018 remake. You had, you know, so these were your mainstream things. And like I mentioned earlier, Insidious, Conjuring, Sinister, uh, Hereditary is kind of on that line where it's like it was mainstream, but I think it hit mainstream because it was so good that people are like, okay, you can't deny this movie, even if it's made, you know, by a company that's, you know, kind of a smaller budget company. So, you know, that's one of the things that I take away from this decade is that we do kind of enter into a new realm of how we take in our entertainment now. Yeah. Ease of access and all that kind of stuff does change how we view it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things, you know, I kind of want to go over as I look at, I, I try to do the outlines now and make it seem like I'm professional. I'm not though. Usually I have all these pieces of papers on the table and I don't look at any of them. We just still just fucking ad lib. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Hey, that was a good one, but <laughs> I'm actually going to try to like be legit with the outline. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna be for real. When I got that outline from you, I'm like, fucking Sarah sent that to me. There ain't no way in hell Dante <laughs> took time typing all that shit. She sent it to him and he copied and pasted it and sent it to me. <laughs> well, to be fair, it did get whittled down. Like I, I, that, I was like, when I sent it, I was like, oh, fuck, Ricky's probably not gonna do this now. Like, cause I would if you send me an outline like that, I'm like, oh you're gonna man, scare Ricky off. Like, Damn. <laughs> like I, I can't I can't do this now. Oh, my throat hurt. <laughs> um, so it, it did get cut down a little bit because I wanted to like really focus on like some of the finer points, like you know the the return of psychological horror. Yes, that's one thing that I really want to you know kind of dive into because you and I, as we both right now in our backgrounds, we have Get Out playing, and that was mm -hmm. a key player in that psychological horror realm, mm -hmm. just with Jordan Peele, and mm -hmm. then um, found footage. Even though found footage kind of started way before. It really 90s. found its life. Yeah. And yeah, like you, you have Blair Witch kind of really kicked the door open in Paranormal Activity in the next decade. But then you had a lot of sequels to Paranormal Activity. You had VHS, you have Wreck, you had Grave Encounters, you know, so. Is that that's that Cloverfield and all that shit? Yeah, Cloverfield, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, you know, you do have another uh, theme of sorts there. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the slashers. You know, they always mention a resurgence of slashers, but the thing is, slasher films never go away. It's just 
it, it's kind of a reinventing of the slasher mm -hmm. genre in this decade um monsters and creatures are another one that never go away it's just that we find different ways to present those monsters and mm -hmm. creatures like a quiet place or the babadook where mm -hmm. it follows and chlorophyll you know mm -hmm. again with the creatures supernatural you know again is always there and like i mentioned again insidious conjuring i, I you know it's there's a lot that comes from um you know the classics but then as you start kind of moving deeper into this decade you get into stuff like digital horror and how that affected um our films like cam or host even though host came out in 2020 like kind of in the midst of COVID, you know it, it was affected by the times and how we have new technology um unfriended was another unfriend yeah that's one i was thinking of was unfriend yeah but, but so like us talking like this, killing each other off, like in a fucking video chat, that shit's wild. Yeah. It, it, I remember when I watched Unfriended the first time, I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? It also being older though, at the parent yep. age, I was like, yo, where are their parents? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, why do they have access to this anyways? What the, isn't it past yeah. their bedtime? What the fuck they doing up on the computer? Like, <laughs> meanwhile, I look back on, I was like, shit, I would have been doing it too. Um, mm -hmm. but, so yeah, but basically, um as you know i look at the outline i, I kind of want to lightly touch on each of those topics but the big one is psychological because i always feel like psychological horror does not get the credit that it deserves because people are like well it's not really a horror it's more of a a, a thriller it's like that's a a psychological horror it's psychological thriller psychological horror it's 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 pedantic you know six of one yeah. half a dozen of another it's the same thing you know you call it whatever you want to but that is one thing I, I noticed when you were talking about like the slashers and the monsters and stuff like that is they have peaks and valleys where somebody gets mm -hmm. it just right or hits it just the right time. And then you get oversaturated like, oh, they're like this guy with a machete. Let's put out 37 different movies with people with machetes. They, they're going to love this shit and you get oversaturated. But the one middle line, the one that runs through all of it is the psychological stuff from yeah. way back when till all the way till now that is the one constant in horror is there's a psychological movie in every single decade probably multiple times that people have attached to and will talk about constantly and the reason why is because it's psychological it's in your head so once yeah. it's in there you are now thinking about it and talking about it so that's that's one of the big ones and that's one of the things that i listen to that i'm a fanboy of the, of the group too you know I, I sit back i listen to every episode as they come out and that is Thank one you. of the ties out across every decade is the psychological aspect. Even going all the way back to the silent era, it was you were scared to death of the look of that person. So in your head, anybody that looked like that was out to get you. So psychological has been there from Jump Street all the way through. They, the, the thing about psychological horror is like, it's like the ghetto boys. My mind is playing tricks mm -hmm. on me. My mind is playing tricks on Like, I, I sit there and you know think about certain movies and it's like huh why is this scary and it's because mm -hmm. you know a lot of times with psychological you know horror it's not so much about supernatural it's not so much about monsters but it's about you know a very smart uh you know killer you know yeah. you think that i was just about to say think that's a you mm -hmm. know john doe and seven god <laughs> that movie's about damn perfect like it's yes it's up there I mean, you know, you, you look at something like that and it's like, holy shit, you know, because it was just a dude who was extremely patient, you know, mm -hmm. and 
and you know even when you come into you know the current times you know and we're gonna you know talk about get out and get out is that psychological thriller that it's a little out there mm-hmm. but it's still you know got got the elements so, i mean the whole uh stepford wives you know you know element to it it, it, it goes a little you know kind of out of the realism mm-hmm. but it's still one of those things where i mean folks be getting kidnapped yeah. getting snatched you know it, you know the opening scene you know in itself is just kind of a terrifying thing because you got but keith stansfield he's walking and just walking out mind his business yeah. yeah he sees a car like you know drive by and he's like mm, nope <laughs> he turns <laughs> right around he's like nah let me get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. and you know he gets snatched up and then you know, you don't really think about it when you're opening that movie like that, but then he pops up later on in the film, clean shaved. And it's, it's you know, like, it, took oh, me, it took me a minute to realize that was the same dude. So the funny thing about that is I'm a big fan of that dude. Mm-hmm. And like now, you know, retrospect, you know, I, you know, when I turn the movie on, I hear him talk. You don't see him yet. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the key stance. Well, I know his voice. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, he is in this movie because then like you know when it comes back up later on he's in the hat and he's clean shaved mm-hmm. I was like oh shit that is him damn dude i forgot i didn't connect the dots at all yeah. and you know that's but that's the thing about it. it's like they you know they did a good job at kind of bait and switching you know it's like you're looking over here looking over here see this happen okay now we're gonna mm-hmm. take you to the story you're gonna forget about that but don't don't lose track of that dude because yeah, we're gonna come back around yeah. so I, I guess you and I have been kind of going back and forth a little bit about Get Out. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit more here about that. So with that movie in itself for the decade, watching that one, like what were some of the takeaways that you got from it that that were like, you know, you felt like were big pluses that that really sold that story? Um. All right, so before we get into it, I do want to editorialize for a second. Dante and I are friends. My family has met his family. His family has met my family. We have broke bread together. We have sat down together. I would fight this dude, and I would fight for this dude. Like, this is this is my dude right here, okay? Uh, we're going to be touching on a lot of stuff that can uh, possibly become a heated conversation for people out there. Don't take it that way. I'm going to ask questions that because I got to talk from my perspective. And he's going to talk from his perspective, but it ain't never going to be heated in, in, in hate, hatred and anger. So anybody listening to this, just know ahead of time, we're talking to each other. And, and the only way to learn something is to ask a question. And, so, and don't worry, Ricky will be back on future episodes. Yeah, you know, maybe. So like, he ain't heard my questions shit. yet, so <laughs> he ain't heard them yet. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, so you, you, you're now that that's out of the way, you know, you know, we got to do that. Turn away if you're sensitive bullshit that they do nowadays. So just in case you got any snowflakes listening, I don't know. But um, you're asking like some of the things I liked about it. One, it blows my mind to think that this is Jordan Peele making this movie. Like I came in here with bitch, like like this in my head. And (laughs) this was not even getting into the intelligence of this movie just the the look of it is beautiful beautifully framed beautifully shot 
the color saturations that he uses moving back and forth um the angles that he uses with the cameras the positioning of the cameras putting you uh he doesn't go crazy like a lot of people like to use the Dutch filtering, uh, the Dutch tilts to make you feel uneasy and all that stuff. He does he does the shifting of the camera, which is changing the eye line of the person you're paying attention to, which in your brain, you don't even realize it will adjust how you think that person's talking and thinking just by which side of the screen that person's eye line is at. And he does that so beautifully like uh it, yeah i stole a page from dante's i have it running in the background right now and i just look over every once in a while and look at it and i have it completely turned down i can't hear a single thing that's happening and it's absolutely beautiful just to watch this movie like it's just a, a beautifully made movie and it's surprising me that it's jordan peele so that was my first big takeaway was how pretty it was second the actors in it are all strong like you always look for a week. There's always going to be a weak actor somewhere. And I would say in this movie, the weakest would probably be uh grandpa. Um, I don't know who that actor is, but he, uh, it kind of felt like he was phoning it in a couple times when talking. Um, but other than that, dude, it's, it's, it's great acting. It's, I'm gonna stop there because we're gonna get more into it. I want you, you got a chance yeah. too. I need you need to jump in here too. You know what's your what was your first visual of it? So, the big thing is like like I, I'm with you on like the the visualization of this. It's just a pretty picture. It looks good. It looks sharp. And a lot of times I have an issue with movies that are that clean and that sharp. I mm -hmm. because I like gritty and dirty movies. I, I like movies that look like you know that's gonna be a problem. But also. You got to kind of also think about this movie too. It's not that kind of film. It, mm. it, this is the kind of film that's to present you with, you know, he's going out for a weekend with his girlfriend to visit the family. So there's this clean, you know, they're, they're this, you know, you know, upper middle class, upper class, whatever it may be, but you know, they got money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, 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 they have housekeepers, you know, they have servants at the house. So, you know, you look at it. So the, the imagery has to kind of match that anyway. You know, you, you don't have a story like this, but then you have like a lens from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't match. So he matched it up perfectly. It's like he knew what to give us to present this story in a way that makes it feel like that's right. That's very mm -hmm. believable. Um, as far as the acting goes, I agree. Everyone, you know, was very strong. I, for me, the, the weak point was the brother. The brother, the younger brother, he he, but I also have bias there because of him talking about jujitsu and it's like, okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> as soon as I heard him say jujitsu, I'm like, Dante will fuck you up. <laughs> like, as soon as he said, I was like, dude, like you would get your ass handled. Um, but um, you know, you know those points that you made, I'm with you on that though. Um, other things that stood out to me about this movie, and it's kind of the big obvious one, it's the cultural. Mm -hmm. um you know race relations to it yeah because as, as you know as a black person watching the movie you know the one thing you look at is like mm. and and his 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 buddy was even told was like mm -mm, don't go out there yeah that like, was hilarious he was killing and, and even as an audience member you're looking at like what the fuck are you doing son <laughs> like mm -hmm. why like why are you going there mm -hmm. um and and me being married you know to a white woman and one of my good friends, one of my teammates at the time, his girlfriend was white. They went to see the movie in theater and they were holding hands. And then when the big reveal came, 
he went he let go. Hand. <laughs> That's uh, fucked up. That's fucked up, dude. Um, <laughs> they broke up soon after. <laughs> actually, yeah, they did. <laughs> I called it. <laughs> um, I don't know if the movie had anything to do with it, but I think he I told her know. ass to get out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things that you know, you know, it's the big obvious thing is like kind of the race relations. Mm -hmm. um to the movie because it's like you have this white family that it's like okay well we're not racist at all Mm -hmm. you know if i could have voted for obama third term i would have you know shit like that and it's like fyi that's a low-key racism to have to say that (laughs) so yeah there's a weird feeling to that because it's like Mm -hmm. i just feel like you're trying too hard but i got black friends oh my god dude (laughs) just relax (laughs) you don't have to sell me on it just be cool But I listen to DMX. (laughs) 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 Like, no, that's not right, white dude. Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Why do DMX sound like a chihuahua? (laughs) (laughs) But um, but you know, it's like the thing is about the movie, you know, people try to avoid the, the racial undertone to it, but the thing is that's put there on purpose. So you can't ignore it because, Mm -hmm. you know, the the whole ideal is, you know, again, you're a black dude. Don't put yourself in this situation Mm -hmm. at all. And, you know, for some people, they can be like, well, that's dumb. Like, why why would you even go in thinking that? Like, why would you have something like this? Like, that's not how it really is. I mean, even my wife actually was kind of pissed Mm -hmm. about it. She was like, this fucking movie. And I was like, girl, (laughs) you ain't talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Like. do we need to open the closet door? Yeah. Um, but, but the thing is that that's a huge part of the movie that I think was was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but necessary. And even the scene that I'm at right now is like where all the guests are there. He he goes to walk outside. He that's what I'm doing right now. The like, dude's talking to him about golf. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's like all the people are standing right there and it's like oh you know but that's one of those things that like hits you because it's like oh shit you know mm-hmm. but that's where the psychological comes in now because it's like that fish out um, of water moment yes mm-hmm. like back going back to uh the 90s and uh what's the movie mm-hmm. higher learning ice cube says higher, oh my, my god i love that fucking movie dude like he says to him was like if you're at a sporting event and the national anthem comes on and everybody stands up and you don't and everybody turn and look at you what do you do and that's kind of this moment here as well he comes out of the house and everybody's looking directly at him you know you know they're friendly they're not hostile but that's still kind of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know but that's still that 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 moment of of the 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 discomfort because it's like everybody it's like they're friendly but maybe they're too friendly you know to it so that's one of the well, things that I really liked about it was that some, that that discomfort that you know the atmosphere just feels uncomfortable and you feel and that's kind of a, a recurring theme in a lot of these movies for this decade mm-hmm. is the movies give you this eerie feeling even if it's a mm-hmm. moment that's in a broad daylight and everything's bright you still mm-hmm. get this eerie feeling of like something's not right. You had mentioned it earlier when you're talking about how it looked about how you have. Usually your choice is you like the gritty, dirty film. The the yeah. the, the camera's all smudged up. It looks like somebody took mm-hmm. it out of their back back pocket type shit. And this one is super clean. And when you said that, something like kind of clicked in my brain. 
because if you take that thought process and you expound it out to the overall the you know theme of the movie is this is speaking for myself the visualization of the world that i see the clean pretty beautiful nothing's going on what the fuck are you talking about there's nothing wrong with this world everything's fine and gravy um visualization that a lot of people have of how the world is outside our houses but underlying all of that is the uncomfortableness of it all like you you can tell that this is like that's what i was talking earlier about how his saturation is color changing and his palettes change throughout the movie it's all bright shiny golds and and bright lights and bright colors here because the guy is just uneasy but when it kicks in later you'll notice the shift it goes blues and dark colors and all of a sudden now we're seeing it from his position at that point and i think to you know what i would always give shit to to the filmmakers you know the ones that overthink it and over psychoanalyze and you know, pretentious little fucks, you know, I feel like I might be a little pretentious with this one because in my head, Jordan Peele 1000% did that shit on purpose. Oh, because yeah. it, this scene speaking as myself as a white male makes me very comfortable. Like I don't feel anything uncomfortable. I'm going now nah, as somebody who grew up differently than a lot of other white folks did. I'm going, well, this is a little fucked up that the way that lady just said that one thing. Uh, not where I grew up. Oh, oh, yeah. Grab his arm. Oh, what sports you played? None of your fucking business. What sports I play? You know, like I'm, I'm thinking all the shit while watching it, but the ease I'm feeling in watching it, I'm one thousand percent sure he did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, there's also something to go with the the color that you're you're mentioning with like the golds and the and the tans mm-hmm. that. So Keith Stansfield, the outfit that he's wearing, you know, the part where they're inside the house, he mm-hmm. kind of his his outfit blends with the background. Yep. And then you look around the room, everyone kind of blends. And then there's him sitting there mm-hmm. in a blue shirt. Yep. And obviously that, that's to point out, you know, you're, you know, the, the ink spot in the bowl of milk for, you know, lack of a better term. Or I probably could add a better term, but yeah. I yeah. pepper in the salt. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. <laughs> but, you know, and, and then even when they switch scenes with he, he and his girlfriend out by the, you know, water talking. You know, it's still very clear, but like now you got the blue skies in the background, the trees and the blue kind of goes with his shirt. So it's like now this is his comfort. OK, he's away from that. He's comfortable. But when he's back in that that arena with like all the tans and all the golds and then mm-hmm. he's got on a different color, that's the discomfort. So it's like yeah. there, there are games being played with it. And it's like, you know, it could be we're overthinking it maybe. But, you know, fuck them if we are. It's a great movie. Mean, Fuck you if you got a problem yeah. with us over psychoanalyzing. <laughs> and the thing is, like, when you look at Jordan Peele's other films, I mean, he does similar things with us mm-hmm. and, and um, Nope. So, you know, nope. you got a feeling it's on purpose. Yeah. Like, this this scene right here is one of the first ones that really creeped me out in the movie. The one where I, it's where he went back inside and he went upstairs and, like, the whole party's happening. And then as soon as he goes upstairs, everybody just fucking stops talking. And just tracks his movement across the fucking house. I was like, "Yeah, who? What the fuck is going on here?" This is like the first time I saw it. Like, uh, it all hadn't been spoiled for me in conversations and stuff, but I did kind of know what the twist was. But I wasn't expecting that. Like, I like, dude, that that's some creepy bullshit right there. Like that shit fucked me up. 
And if you so, look too, we were just talking about the coloring things. The daughter still, when they first come back, it massive spoilers for everybody who hasn't watched this movie. Fucking pause this, go watch the goddamn movie. It's on Peacock. Um, yeah, or, or but Tubi. her, yeah, her coloration on her, even on her clothes is offset from the family. Like right now, she's wearing a red and white mm-hmm. striped. So she's got yep. the coloration to match his blue. She's got red, but her family's all wearing beiges and whites. So she also has white striping on there. So she's like dead cut down the middle. And if you watch later, that's going to change. Like at the beginning of the movie, she was wearing lots of colors and, and, and not beiges and whites. Here, she's kind of a blend, almost like a Where's Waldo's type sweater. And then by the end of the movie, she's going to be wearing white. Like it's crazy yeah. to like talking with you now and still watching this outside of my eye. I'm still catching more shit. And this will be my fourth watch through of this movie now. Like it's uh, George Jordan Peele might be a fucking genius. I don't fucking know, man. I, I ain't met the guy. He might be a fucking genius. One thing I do like is that, um, you know, we, well, and I, I guess for these times, it's a little different, mm-hmm. but it's like films can be made quicker. Mm-hmm. And turn out faster these days, but he doesn't do that. He takes his time, and in a lot of the the films from A twenty four, you know, again those directors like uh, Ari Aster and uh, Ty West, they take some time with their films in, in in between. So, you know, and I appreciate that about filmmakers like that because, you know, it, it's nice to you know get work from like Mike Flanagan, who's always got stuff coming out. But it's also nice to get someone that's, you know, putting in these weird little details, um, you know, as deep as like going into the coloration of, you know, the characters clothing versus the background. And um, another psychopath thing from this movie that I can never get away from is the way she eats her cereal. Oh, dude, with that that three sip after eating a half a fucking Fruit Loop. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing over here? I mean, you know, there's always this saying of like, you know, when you pour your cereal, you know, ask your friends how they pour the cereal. Do you pour the cereal first and then the milk or the milk and, you know, then the cereal? Mm-hmm. You know, if you pour the milk first and then the cereal, you're a psychopath. But if mm-hmm. you eat the cereal separately and then drink the milk, you're, you're another level of psychopath. Yeah, yeah you, like you have no fear. And <laughs> I can't be around you. Um, so like that that's one of the first questions i ask most of my friends is like mm -hmm. you know how do you eat your cereal and who's your favorite ninja turtle you know that that sets the table but um by the way that answer the correct answer is leonardo but the rest of that oh i'm rafael edge lord no no it's leonardo no no Uh, i'm (laughs) michelangelo okay I can take that. <laughs> it it is like it, it fits. Like once mm-hmm. I heard like the the you know reasoning for it's like oh my god that does fit. But it's mm-hmm. like a Michelangelo with a touch of Leonardo. So mm-hmm. and and that's the thing is like goofy and playful, but serious when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And my daughter yeah. picked Donatello, but I think it's only because of purple. I don't think purple. she's a genius. That's okay. She's as long as she picks one of the Ninja Turtles, she don't say something crazy. She like. Okay. Extra stocking, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> look, little girl, we have to have a talk. A turtle, look, you got a lot of credit with me hanging on my wall, but you ain't got that much credit. Talk about Baxter Stockman, you out of here. Dude. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you, kid? Like, like get out of here. Um, but yeah, so the, the the whole thing with the um this movie in itself and why we put so much on it for the psychological aspect is because. Just the way it was made. And that's not to take anything away from, you know, other films like The Witch. The Witch does a lot of really cool stuff with the coloration mm-hmm. as well. Um, 
but I, I feel like you know just the way that get out kind of covered it really really spoke like to me at least and i mean that, that could be you know all you know bias because of race but whatever mm-hmm. so like well you know. it's it's one thing a, a lot of people again you know speaking for a whole entire populace that i can do that because i'm fucking ricky and fuck everybody um they feel like here we go we're gonna get into the weeds a little bit people check your feelings they feel like if you're not burning crosses or if you're not lynching somebody then you're not you're not using the n-word then you're not racist and that is not a fact at all now that also cuts both ways Mm -hmm. um i get too much into it because i do know the answer and it's not anybody else's business if you don't know but like i know the unspoken rule of the hood like i grew up that's that's where i grew up i know that rule and when used for what it's properly used for is perfectly fine when used how a lot of people tend to use it it's just the same thing cut in the other direction yeah um and i feel like a lot of people get into that like a circle of it like oh well you're racist because you asked me what sport i'm good at yeah, well, you're racist because you assumed I was a racist. You know, like you get into these like stupid fucking conversations that spiral out of control. Two things can coexist at the same time. You could be a racist for asking me if I'm a racist. And I could also be a racist for asking you what sport there is. They don't negate each other, you know, or we could both just be asking a question. There's a lot to do with intent and a lot to do yes. with the person you're talking with. I would not, and you know this from previous conversations that you've been privy to with me around, I would not walk into a room full of people that I don't know and start a conversation unless I was 1,000% ready to tote the weight of that answers to those questions. And I know I'm okay with talking to you and and, and I'm okay with how you talk to me. Like, I know how it's going to come out. But I'm not going to walk out to somebody on the street and, and say the same shit I'm going to say to you. And I think that's not a good thing. Um, in this world, people are afraid to ask a question instead of thinking the question through and asking it in, a, in an intelligent way. You, can, you shouldn't have fear of asking the question. You should have, not in a fear, a healthy respect of misrepresenting the question. Because I can say one thing to you and say, like this, like this guy says in the movie, you know, with your frame, I can tell you're good at sports. Now, that to somebody like Dante who does jujitsu, there's nothing wrong with that. He knows he's stout, he knows he's muscular, he knows he's got he's a little wiry dude when he needs to be. But if I say with your framework and your genetic makeup, see right there, that's the line. That's the line that you just crossed. One was a question and one was an assumption based on what you think about that person. You know, and I think this world, we shouldn't be afraid to talk to each other, but you should also be intelligent and understanding of the people that you're talking to about stuff. Completely agree. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said earlier, intent is huge because, you know, there is a way to ask a question and you know it could be taken one way 
you know, you could be asking a question about like, oh, well, what sports do you play? And they could be like, well, what, what makes you think I play sports? Now, if you see me standing there in sweatpants, you know, you know, like yoked out, like, you know, I do play sports. I mean, duh. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, I'm not going to assume anything from it because I do play sports, mm-hmm. you know, but there are folks that they, they, you know, will look at it like, okay, well, I, I want to have a chip on my shoulder. And that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not just black and white, but like, you know, Hispanic, Asian, you know, all of it. And the thing is, when it comes to black and white, it's more divisive because, you know, those are the two that are most pitted, you know, against each other in these matters. But, um, you know, when, when you look at a movie like this, it also divides audiences. You know, you go to the Internet. I don't read my own comments because those <laughs> are toxic. <laughs> but I read other people's comments. And the first thing I'm looking for is, like, who's the first one to throw the stone? Yep. Because then I'm gonna I'm I'm following this now to see mm-hmm. you get what you deserve, and I don't care what your race is. What I care about is what you said, and then are you ready to you know basically? Are you backing it up, or were you just trying to be an edge lord shit talker? You know. Yes, and more mm-hmm. often than not, I see people that will make a shitty comment, and then all these comments fly off, and they're nowhere to be found to nope. to to defend their their answer or their to defend their comment mm-hmm. but but like i was saying with this movie itself it, it did cause a racial divide i think one of the things that caused the divide was um jordan pill actually himself came out and said you know for his movies all his leads will his his lead actors the star will be black good and good for him I, you know and and the thing is so many people attacked for that and it's like why i mean He's a black director. And That's the life he, he he grew up as a black man. He's gonna understand what it's like to be a black man. That that's something the directors yeah. work to do. They work to try to find a connection with their their cast that they're trying to work with. That just takes one thing off of his plate that he has to worry about. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's smart. Is, to me personally, that's smart. You're making movies for a specific audience. Yeah. So, and and the thing is, then you get people saying, "Well, what if a white director said they were only going to cast white white actors?" I was like, "I mean, if they're that bold to say that, cool." But also, there there are white directors that don't actually say it, but they, they just definitely do it. Do it. <laughs> so it's not even a matter of saying it or doing it. It's just a matter of like we see what goes on, um, one way or the other. So, um, that being what it is, this movie was definitely, um, a, a big hot button topic for the decade you know as, as we kind of drifted from the psychological horror aspect of it and then what it does for pop culture and what mm-hmm. it does for race relations uh i mean again my wife was not happy about the movie and granted she only watched it the one time so she only had the one observation of it and i told her look we're gonna sit down and watch it again and then we'll have a talk about it like mm-hmm. i might actually do an episode for this for this movie itself mm-hmm. with just me and i and, and then do a full breakdown of it but yeah. um as we, you know, kind of continue in, in the theme of psychological horrors, um, another one that stands out for the decade would be uh, Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that's one that when you look at a movie like Get Out and the colors are bright, mm-hmm. the colors mean something, they stand out. And then you go to a movie like Hereditary 
And now that movie has the look that I like. It, it, it's got a, a, a tint to it that's like kind of dark and it's it's gloomy the entire time. It's like there's scenes in the movie where it's like it's a sunny day, but it doesn't feel sunny. It's like sepia, like, gritty, dirty. Yeah. Man. But um, you know, you have movies like that, you have movies like Black Swan, you have movies like Midsummer. These films were standout psychological horrors for the decade that I feel like you know, we weren't getting things like this in the 80s and the 90s in the 90s i mean again we had seven we had the good son we had signs of the lambs yeah but we people had weren't up. counting those yeah they're, they're just like oh those are too good to be horror and it's like fuck off <laughs> like like buffalo bill's scary hannibal Lecter's yep. scary you know macaulay culkin is that little shitty kid is scary the good son oh that movie used to fuck me up when i was younger dude it's I, to this day i will side eye a little kid that i think even acts like that kid in that movie Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, like that—that's like classic, like fucking kid sociopath one hundred and one right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and the thing is, the the, the family knew they were just in denial of it. They're of like, course. look, oh, not our a little boy. Johnny, such a great kid. He's just misunderstood. Shut the fuck up, your kid's a psycho. <laughs> yeah, like like get him some help. Yeah. Like you know what? Stat. Throw his ass out and get start make a new one. Like start yeah, over. I mean, <laughs> I mean they 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 tried and he killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to kill the other one. Yeah, why is that bullshit? <laughs> that kid was like, "Fuck this! There could only be one." <laughs> and, and then they brought in his cousin. He was like, "What? They didn't even have this one." <laughs> like, I'm killing. Come them on all. over. Come on over here, Frodo. I got something to show yeah. you. <laughs> like, oh, you like to walk around fucking mountains? I got a mountain for you to walk around. I'm gonna throw you off this cliff, bitch. Like, Most people don't know uh, Elijah Woods was 25 years old in that movie. <laughs> he always looks like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was in he was in Maniac in, in like Ooh. 2008, and it's like he still looked like a kid. It's like a, <laughs> people love love that movie, and I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's one of those movies where I can't take him serious because yeah, like so he looked like a child. Movie, yeah. Like so, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so um, as we kind of get away from uh, the psychological horror realm. Mm-hmm. You know, we go into the found footage, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like found. I feel like, like you said, psychological horror kind of encompasses all of this because there's mm-hmm. a psychological aspect to all of this. But when you get to the found footage game, you know, there is, there's a realism brought to it because mm-hmm. back in 99, when they did Blair Witch, we didn't have the Internet how we had it. So you couldn't really fact check things how we fact check them now. And Blair Witch really had us on edge, thinking, "Oh my God, these motherfucking kids really went out and got killed." And I remember people swearing this was fucking real, just swearing that that shit was fucking real as hell, like no joke. (laughs) There, there are arguments that I had gotten into where I was like, "No," like I saw the goddamn fucking interview in Rolling Stone. These are kids from Florida who made a movie. Mm -hmm. It's not real. (laughs) Florida, and 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 they got the audacity to pin it on Maryland. Like, mm-hmm. can you pin it on Ohio? Double, like, double welcome. <laughs> Look, there was a Florida-Maryland connection even back then. They already knew about us, Dante. They already knew. They already knew ahead of time. They're like, "Look, <laughs> we're gonna make this movie because there are these two motherfuckers that are gonna have a podcast." I'm like, "What the fuck's a podcast? Just go with it. Don't worry about it. Just make this fucking movie. <laughs> Hip hop. Just fucking take the picture, Hillary. Just do it. <laughs> um, Wipe that snot but, off your face. <laughs> <laughs> but um." You know, when you look at like the found footage genre or subgenre mm-hmm. of horror, you you still have 
even with paranormal activity, because I, I will admit the second one still fucks with me to this day because the house is like a larger version of my house. Like we have kind of a similar layout as far as how the stairs are, the basement, mm -hmm. the kitchen. It is just, you know, just smaller because, you know, we're poor um, <laughs> and they're not. But we make up for it with love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, love don't give me uh, school lunches. Like, out of here. Love ain't feeding me. But but like when we bought this house, um, you know that first month as we were prepping the house, you know I'd come over during the day and I'm like bringing boxes over and I hear weird creaking in the house, mm -hmm. and you know all these fucking sounds. I'm like, oh my god, like so that movie still fucks with me to this day in the house every so often we have new neighbors because we're in a townhouse and they they move around a lot at midnight they have dogs and all this shit so like there's lots of noise at midnight i'm like yo i don't know if it's like something in the house or if it's them but i'm locking my door and i'm getting on his covers <laughs> something to wrap three times on the wall if it's them <laughs> yeah, like i gotta go tap on the wall code. Like, like hey yo is that, like I actually need to get my neighbor's number. Like yo, so mm -hmm. I can text. Like yo, is that you? Like where? I mean, ghosts can text now, man. Don't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> they smart too. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, digital horror. I mean, we're, we're in a new age. But but yeah, the, the, those films um, have a realism to it because again, they're kind of playing off of a lot of it is improv. You know, so. They're just like, look, we're going to throw something at you. You have to genuinely react. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first paranormal activity did that. I don't know if that's what they did with Rec or, if, mm -hmm. you know, that's what they did with VHS. But, you know, these are some of, you know, the other found footage films. And then Grave Encounters actually took it a step further because they played off of the Ghost Hunter shows that, yep. that became popular, like, in, in the 2000s as well. So, you so know, that's the thing is all these movies are it, the found footage stuff plays off of stuff that's everyday stuff to us like you said you hear the bumps in your house so when you hear a bump in the movie and all of a sudden they show you it's a fucking ghost walking across your brain subconsciously goes holy shit that means that was a ghost in my fucking house doing that shit yes like it in the in the ghost hunter ones oh i've watched those shows they're so fucking dumb all they get is an ekg reading go do, 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 do. you don't see shit but then you watch that fucking movie, and all of a sudden there's a fucking motherfucker behind him with a knife about to lop his head off. You're like, holy shit, maybe that's what they were getting on it. You don't even think about it. It's just in there. It's psychological. It's it's still yep. based in psychology. And, you know, that's one of the things I did really enjoy about that subgenre is that, you know, it fucks with you. Whether you whether you want it to or not. If you're watching a movie like As Below... Um, whatever the fuck the title was i can't remember i know as below something above um you know that's another one um you know movies like this have kind of an edge to it because the camera work itself is really just someone walking around with a camera um and and that in itself also is creepy because you get hit with angles that you're not expecting so as you go to turn and boom someone's right there in your face you know, the jump scares are a lot more aggressive, I feel like, mm. unintentionally. And also, they don't have music for a lot of these. So a lot of these films, it's just someone running around with a camera. There's hardly any music at all. Um, you have The Sacrament by Ty West, you know, kind of playing off of Jonestown. That's another one that plays, you know, the found footage game. And, they, you know, they do it all so well. And 
I know some people hate the idea of the found footage subgenre, but I hope it never goes away just because it it, it maybe needs to take a break every so often. But it's That's one of those things. Don't oversaturate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah because because during during the 2010s, you know, I want to say about 2011 through like 16, we were getting a lot of them dropped like back to back to back. But take a break from it, come back to it, because I do think it is an untapped area, mm -hmm. it, you know, and people could think like, oh, well, you know, they, they've really what more can they do? They, uh, dude, just let, let them cook mm -hmm. like there, give, so give it more. that breather. Let's us forget that they made movies about it. It lets us go mm -hmm. back to thinking, holy fuck, what was that bump in the night that I just heard? What is that? What is that shadow? What is if we're constantly watching movies, you know, that's you're going to oversaturate it and, and burn that part of the brain out that's going to react to it. But yeah. if you let it go away again, let's switch back to our little lizard brains and we're worrying about that shit again. And all of a sudden you drop a movie like that, like it's, it was recorded on somebody's iPhone 22 or whatever it fucks out now. And you're like, oh shit, dude, I got that same exact phone. Oh my God. We're, we're all about to die. Then it becomes scary all over again. Well, and, and that was one thing that Paranormal Activity 4 did really well is they used the current technology. You know, the young lady in the movie had an iPhone. Mm -hmm. uh, she had MacBooks, shit like that. So they made, they, what was it? Uh, Xbox with like the uh, fucking um, Xbox Move, maybe? Like, oh, yeah. I was talking about, yeah, because it was writing on the TV with it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like it, it utilized different technologies that were connect. popular. Yeah, connect. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, you know, it utilized the, the technologies that were popular at the time, and that gave a realism to it as well because it's like, holy shit, like I have a connect. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want to play this shit now mm. because what is no, what if Toby is like <laughs> hanging out? Like, nah, I'm mm. good. Or, mm -hmm. like, you know, the, you know, the only thing about the fourth paranormal activity that kind of plucked my nerve was like, there are certain points where the young lady has the laptop because that's mm -hmm. the camera that they're using. It's like, it doesn't make sense for them to have the camera at that point right you know she's like running away from a you know a, a, a ghost in the house so she runs across the street carrying her laptop it's like that doesn't make any sense and now it's facing you know the attacker we gotta it's see like, the cult <laughs> yeah it, it's like it doesn't make sense at all but hey whatever it is you know you can have a knock here and there but i still find it to be a fun subgenre. it's enjoyable yes it, it, it's not perfect but it mm -hmm. does have, you know, it, it has watch value that's fun. It's a breakaway um, from the monsters and the slashers and, you know, yep. a little nice little refresher. Like, a get yourself started back into it again. Correct. And speaking of slashers, that's kind of the next, like, pocket that you know, I want to kind of go into. Because we didn't have slashers how we had slashers in the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. for this decade. Like back then, we had icons. We had Freddy, mm -hmm. we had Jason, Chucky. We got the um, Freddy remake. Yeah. So they were there, but they weren't like in our face because right. I think we're still burned out. I, I mm -hmm. think with the Freddy remake, the problem with that though is everyone loved the charisma of the child molester from the you know original nightmare they didn't Street. like a, they didn't like a child molester acting like a real child molester they didn't like that shit. yeah they're like a child they're molester like, that's funny <laughs> they're like wait a minute he's not funny at all like he's not charismatic well yeah he's a child molester <laughs> what, you, what the fuck you want from <laughs> like Fucking you stand want up from the guy laugh? <laughs> like, like no that's yeah. fucking dumb but 
you know, the, the thing is with, with your slashers for this decade, you had, um, you know, movies like You're Next, where there's, you know, a family get together. And, you know, the, it, the twist and everything is kind of formulaic. It, it wasn't anything that was spectacular. But I think what they did with a lot of these newer slashers is like the action mm. stayed very consistent. But they also had they, they did a good job with like slow cooking the story. Mm. But when it was time for the action to be there, it was enough action to, you know, bring you back into it. And then they then they you know, kind of slowed it down a little bit. So the pacing has always seemed to be very good with some of the newer slashers. Yeah. Um, you know, you had... Uh, was The Strangers... Was that this, this or was that 2000s? So the, the original Strangers came out in 08, but then mm. they had the sequel, Pray at Night, which is what I was just okay. about to say. Oh, the that's Strangers crazy. Pray I was trying to think of slasher movies that were around this time. Yeah. Um, The, the Strangers Pray at Night was kind of a, a sequel that was made, you know, later than it should have been. Mm-hmm. It was still enjoyable, but it wasn't as good as the first one because the first one had a lot of this creepy, eerie pacing and just slow movement that, again, scares you because this could happen. These were just regular folks at a cabin, and then these three motherfuckers show up, and then the coldest line that I, I will rest, you know, this is this is the coldest line ever in a movie to me is like when Liv Tyler says, why are you doing this? And the broad goes, because you're a home. It's like, you're a home. That's wild. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Y'all ain't even mad at us. No. You <laughs> don't want nothing. You just want to kill us. Cause we're here. Yeah. It's like, yo, what the fuck? So, you yeah. know, when you get, you know, you get that sequel, um, when that came out, that, that I, I think kind of went into the, more old school slasher films where it's like action just go 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 non-stop action with your villains and your heroes and and you know again very formulaic i, I feel like slasher the slasher subgenre is forever going to be just very basic you know what to expect from it you know what's coming from it um you know it, it's there's nothing new mm. ever but it's always entertaining because it does it it came here to do a thing and it's doing the thing and you're watching the thing be done, but it's not like you're watching and you say, Oh my goodness, this is a good mystery. Or I wonder who did it. Like scream did a good job at kind of covering those bases, but even scream became kind of annoying because as soon as you start watching scream, the whole cast of scream now is trying to figure out who's the killer. Like immediately, as soon as the movie starts, you're like, who's right. the killer? Whereas, you know, a good slasher, either you know who the killer is and it's just this motherfucker can't be stopped, or you like they legitimately give you a murder mystery and they do such a good job that you don't feel like you're you know, you're not engaged in the idea of who did it. You're engaged in just the story that's going on around you. Um so that's my feel on the, the slasher subgenre for this decade. Um uh, you got any thoughts oh, yeah, or feelings had- on that? Would would you consider purge like in the slasher genre, or is that more psychological? Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I, I mean, it's it's more slasher, but it definitely has again those touches of psychological. But it's definitely a slasher. I would is say that, if I remember right, that's like around 2014, 2012, somewhere in that general area. So that'd be in the same yeah. area. And I remember the purge fucked me up the first time I watched it because again, mm-hmm. it was that whole because you were home. 
Like it's that whole thought process of, dude, you just mind your own goddamn business. And dude's gonna come and kill you just because they fucking want to. It's just fucking nuts because it could happen. Yeah. That dude across the street from my house right now might put, try to pull that bullshit. He won't get far, but he might try to pull that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nuts that the and the purge movies fucked me up because they took a slasher. We're used to a Freddy, a Jason. Yeah. We're used to that pinhead. We're used to that one person coming to kill you. They're like, fuck it. We're gonna multiply by a hundred. Everybody in your whole fucking neighborhood is now out to get you. Every person around you is now the slasher. Which is fucking nuts. One of the things that they did with The Purge I thought was interesting. Because as you start jumping into more of the sequels, it turned out like your real villain, the real killer, the real slasher was the government. Or not even the government. It was the 1%. Mm-hmm. So it's like because these are the people who they can afford to be safe. But they can also afford to get like souped up trucks and and go out there and you know just mow people down and it, it the purge it turned into a social economic uh fucking you know slasher thriller type movie and you know there were things that i'm sure you know their philosophy or or economics you know majors that are out there fucking discussing it maybe i don't know like if if, if i were to walk onto a college campus and i, I go into a fucking uh, economics class and they're talking about the purge. I'm like, wow, that's that, <laughs> this is wild. Are y'all bored? <laughs> like, hey, dude, the they comedy. offer they offer college classes on the psychology of Batman. You can get college yeah, credits for true. that shit, dude. It's nuts. True. Um, it's like yo, the economy is all ta- all types of fucking wild right now. You motherfuckers in here talking about the purge. <laughs> like, <laughs> go fix things. The purge ain't fixing nothing. They're like, no, no, the purge will fix it. <laughs> it's like. Uh, <laughs> Mm, I think you got the wrong message from that movie, man. <laughs> That's the thing, though. There, there are people that took that message like, yeah, that, that actually is a good idea. I was like, I don't think that is a good idea. <laughs> I think sure. That's a terrible idea. Let's give it a whack and see what happens. <laughs> the goofy thing about it is like you get to like commit any crime you want for 12 hours. Mm. And then once 7 a.m. hits, you're done. You can't like and you just go on with life until next year and and the funny thing about it is like i don't know if that's how that works because let me tell you now if my neighbor tried to kill me and they're not successful and then we won't get you you tomorrow (laughs) yeah yeah it's on it's on um and but the thing is with the purge is like you can commit these crimes without you know any consequence it's like yeah but i just feel like this motherfucker tried to kill me though and now it's like I gotta wait till next year to get back. No, no, I'm not patient. I'm not John Doe. I, I I want this dude tomorrow. Um, but that that is one of those things about that movie where it starts bringing up again questions about our society because mm-hmm. you ask people like, what would you do if you had a purge? Would you go out and kill people? Would you go out and steal? Because that's one thing that kind of gets forgotten in that in that movie is like everybody jumps straight to murder. <laughs> like no you one do everything to like, else too. Like no one went to like man, I'm gonna go rob the Seven Eleven. I'm having a <laughs> like, nice car and a brand new TV and go lock myself back in my little armored house and let y'all murder each other out there and I'll have a nice TV and a nice car tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's like y- y'all are y'all are like y'all are thinking this through in a different way to me. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, what can I get? It's like well, PS5, you know, a new car, 
uh, new TV, you know, and then, then I'm going to go chill. I'm going to walk in a gas station and steal their whole display of scratchers, take them home, just ride the night oh, out. Sure. <laughs> and I think that's probably the best answer right there. Because <laughs> like, they, there's no way you lose this. I mean, you, nope. you take the whole display of scratchers, you're winning something. Yep. Something. I mean, spend the night in there, scratch away, wake up the next day and just got free money. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you come back and cash them out. They're like, I need to cash these out. Like, were you the one that broke into Sodi's? I mean, yeah. But yeah, it is. Nothing to do about it. Purge, bitch. Cash during the purge. <laughs> Cash rule everything around me, bitch. <laughs> like, come on, do this. Come on, I'm I got places Yo. to be. That's it. Like, like, I already know this one won. Just give me my money. Here's um, your tip. Free ticket. Boom. <laughs> Maybe you. I didn't win. scratch this one off. Go scratch this one <laughs> off yourself. Good luck. As they always say when I buy a scratch off, good luck. Yeah. You know I'm not gonna win, bitch. Every time I'm in a gas station, I just remind people of the rules. Like, look, you know, if you get a scratcher and I'm standing in this room and you win, you gotta split it. Them's the rules. Hey. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be played, but motherfuckers, mm-hmm. nobody around here be winning. Like, <laughs> like, that like shit was up to like seven hundred and thirty million dollars or some crazy shit on the Florida Powerball. It's like, what the fuck's one per god damn it'd be one person that's already a billionaire that'll win that shit. Yeah, that that shit blows my mind. With like someone won up here in Maryland, or maybe not Maryland, but along the East Coast, they mm-hmm. won uh, the billion dollar one, mm-hmm. and it was a small town, like a legit small town. I think there might have been like four hundred people, if mm-hmm. even. It, like, it may not even been that many people. And this dude hit hit the fucking Powerball or the Mega Millions, whichever one for a billion. It's like, if I'm in that town, I'm going like, yo, we was in this together. Yep. I'm There's only 400 of us. We all getting some of this. Yeah. It's like, I don't even want a lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just break me off enough so I can be chill for the rest of my days. Because what you going to do with have nice houses. That's right. Yeah. Like, it, it, at least fix up the town. Like, 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 make this your own town. Make it mm-hmm. make it Tom's town. Yeah. Right. So just, just to touch back to get out for one second. I know we already did it, but because I have it still running, I'm just looking at it. It's that actor, yeah. dude. He fucking sells everything on his face without saying mm-hmm. a fucking word, man. All his emotions, uh, you see everything come through on him. They, I just passed the part with the Rose, where are the keys? That whole oh, little yeah. segment there, dude. That whole segment, just hey, you found the keys yet? Let's get out. Let's get. You found the keys? You still looking for the keys? Let's look for them while we're walking. And within three minutes, it's give me the fucking keys. Like the the change of emotions in that one little tiny scene is. And he's like tears in his eyes. Like he, you can't tell if he's he's sad because he knows what's going down, or is yeah. he so mad he's got tears going? Like he's vibrating physically. Like this guy, this actor is amazing, dude. Just great job. Anyways, I want to get back on Get Out because I will go on about it because that, that shit is good, man. Is yeah, good. I mean, I, so I'm at the part right now where he's trying to escape now and the brother's uh, trying to use jiu-jitsu on him. Uh, and that, that was the moment I knew that he was the weakest actor of the movie because he gets rear naked <laughs> choke. He doesn't get any hooks in. He doesn't take him to the ground. He's just on his back trying to mm-hmm. pull him. And, and dude keeps kicking off the door and pushing him back to the wall. And it's like dog like if if you really bend your knees plant your feet he should be able to push you backwards (laughs) yeah like you get your hook oh here she is eating the fucking cereal and drinking the oh this brawl i can't do this i might gotta turn this off 
I'm at the part where the dude's telling him what's about to happen with the surgery, like when he's mm. tied to the chair and all that shit. But I'll okay. tell you how I knew that that dude was a bitch, the little brother. Yeah. When that dude was looking at his father and he swung that fucking field hockey stick at him while he wasn't yeah. even looking and still fucking missed. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, it's like the the dude. I don't know that that's probably the weakest point of the movie to me. It's like the the younger brother just because it's like I don't know. It's like because there's that bias. It's like oh you know jujitsu Brazilian jujitsu and it's like now he has dudes back. It's like at no point does he like get hooks in and like take this dude to the ground. And he didn't even have a proper rear naked choke in. <laughs> um, so uh, you know things that you know continue to recur. In, in that decade that was just kind of passed down from previous was uh supernatural haunted houses and monsters things like that mm-hmm. so like the 2010s as far as the decade for horror movies goes it isn't too different from many others other than the quality of the films i think the highs were really high in the 2010s yes. the ones that stood and now now i've said that and i'm gonna say the total opposite of that I watched A Quiet Place because I had not seen it, and I knew my wife. I was off today. I knew my wife was going to come home. I couldn't have anything really crazy on. I kind of knew the basic premise of this movie. I'm like, this could at least be one I can have on in the room and won't fuck with it while she's in, you know, at her office or whatever. And I thought it was overrated. I don't. The movie didn't do it for me. Like the acting was fine in it. John Krasinski's great. I like him as an actor. Um. Emily Blunt was fine. You know, I thought all the bits and pieces of it were good. I loved the 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 sign language, how they all actually learned sign language to speak to each other. I think that's all cool. But they never explained what those damn things were. Um, I thought they were a stupid looking design. I don't know what it was about that design I didn't yeah. like, but I thought it was kind of dumb looking. They're a and, giant here. Yeah. And the in the First thing I thought of as soon as it did that first listen thing, because I remember they had showed the thing that said they were armored and and, and and couldn't kill them. And as soon as they did that first thing where like his whole head peeled back and he was listening, I'm like, shoot that motherfucker right then. He wide open there. There ain't no armor on him at that point. And it took yeah. them a whole other extra hour of the movie and people dying to figure that shit out. And I don't I, think, I that think it even takes into a sequel too for them to figure it out too. See, and I still haven't watched it. I saw it, it popped up on the recommend because I watched it. And I'm like, eh, I, I didn't think that. I thought John Krasinski's death was stupid and unnecessary. Spoiler alert: I, I don't, I don't think it was earned. I don't think it changed the the course of what was happening or gonna happen. He could have, you know, the, the he did it to distract that thing off of the car, off of his kids, and then as soon as his dad's dead, he just pulls the e brake and the car like shoots down to where they need to be. They could have just done that. They could have just pulled the e-brake while the fucking thing was on there and took off, and it would have fell off. So he didn't need to come out and die. It was dumb. It didn't make no sense to me. So um, I remember seeing that and thinking, I remember things like, I feel like that was avoidable. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I, I just on, feel man. like it, it wanted to It wanted to have this big, deep emotional impact. And I get it. I'm a father. You're a father. We, we get that. Yeah. The things we would do for our kids. I get it. But I don't. It didn't feel earned because it wasn't necessary. I feel I, like I they did you. it just because. Hey, we gotta check this box. Somebody's gotta die. We know it can't be the pregnant lady, so I guess it makes it the dad. You know, I was like, eh, that's kind of fucked. So I did not like but, the movie. 
it, it was watchable. Well, I'll never watch it again. What a twist it would have been if it were the pregnant lady. Oh, I mean, that'd be super fucked. Hey, hey sometimes it. you got to do it though. It's kind of like that ending of the mist. That shit makes me Ooh. cry like like a baby the first time I watched that shit, dude. It fucked me all kinds of up. I'm like, because in my head, I'm like, could I do that for my kid? Would I have the strength or power to do this to my kid? Would I? Am I willing to? in my kid's life to make sure they don't suffer a horrible horrible death and right when my brain was like you know what i probably could as long as i could kill myself afterwards like i didn't have to live with what i did i could probably do it to save them but then when the fucking army rolls in right after he did it to save everybody dude i was just fucking devastated like i could not i would have lost my shit <laughs> i don't watch the ending of that movie because I'm still traumatized from it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the movie in itself was great, but that ending, I refuse to watch because it's, it, especially since becoming a dad, it, because those mm -hmm. thoughts go through my mind. It's like, what would I do? It's like, could I do it? And it's like, I, I would have to do it, but it's like everybody in that vehicle has to go and we got to go quick. Yep. But the fact that he, he did everyone and then he had the last bullet and then the, the fucking army rolls through and it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. wait. If I would have just waited, yo, fuck Stephen King for that ending. That's what I was just about to get to. I was like, everybody bitches about Stephen King not having the ending to his stories. Yeah, that is probably the best ending to any of his stories, fucking mm -hmm. ever, yeah. just ever, like the perfect ending. I mean, so, it was. And, and he probably did it out of spite. <laughs> he was like, oh, I think I don't have it, and and, and, and <laughs> fuck you guys. Let me no, show that, you. That's why you got hit by a van jogging down the street, asshole, like, dickheads. <laughs> Um, but speaking but of Stephen yeah. King, we had the It remake at this time too. Yes, and that falls into that that monster, and also again psychological. Mm -hmm. um, the the thing about the remake is when you go back and look at the original from 1990, might be unpopular, but wasn't really that good. Thank God. I thought I was gonna be I thought I was gonna have to be like, look, I'm gonna say some fucked up shit again and be an edge lord. I don't like the original one. No, it's at just all. fucking it, it, it it's slow. It's uh weirdly the paced. Was trash in it. The only yeah. good thing about that movie was Tim Curry, but only when he was acting like Pennywise, not any of the fucking mm -hmm. graphics or any of that other shit no. they added in. But just him as Pennywise um, is the only good thing about that movie. Yeah, the the the, the original was not good and i At think all. we hold it on this pedestal because we're like oh you know so i will say this about movies from the 90s and i believe this was discussed on a previous episode how each decade filmmaking bleeds into the other oh you know who it was choki and i we were talking about this with um with a uh, robot robot jocks Mm -hmm. because that movie was made in 88 but it came out in 90 but to be fair a lot of movies in those earlier decades kind of bled into the next so in in movies from the 70s you know once you get to 80s the movie still felt like the 70s the, like the first movie in the 80s that felt like it wasn't a 70s movie was ordinary people Mm -hmm. And then you started getting movies. I felt like, okay, now it's the 80s. And then when you get to the 90s, you had a lot of those movies because they're made in the 80s that still felt like the 80s. So, you know, when you get a movie like It, it still had that 80s vibe to it. And mm -hmm. I feel like that was part of what was going on. But also it just wasn't good. Um, 
<laughs> so not only the vibe of it, but you gotta also keep in mind, and, and I'm not making excuses for it because it's just not it's it's not good. It's not I tried to rewatch it, it's not it's it's intolerable to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. But to 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 give it a uh a, a, a little bit of leeway, not only was it a 80s bleeding into the 90s movies, but it was a made for TV. 80s bleeding into a 90s so it had a way lower budget way lower production value like it was it had all things working against it and it shows on the screen it was rough the it it, it's funny because i think about the uh 2017 remake and Mm -hmm. it's like it it was good Mm -hmm. but the thing is it was like i mean the bar was really low so but i'm not like I can't compare them to each other. See, no. and, and original Pennywise really was compared. Then remake was fucking terrifying. Scarsguard yes. lived and breathed the evil that was in that fucking shit. Like it was crazy how how much scarier he was as Pennywise compared to Tim Curry. There's um his audition uh tape for that is floating around. And it, like, I mean, you see him audition for it, and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I hope, like, whoever came after him, if they if they heard him or saw him, like, they should have just left. They were like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go. Yeah. You got <laughs> this one. Shit to that dude. You got the juice now. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to just turn around and leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just walk out and be like, look, man, I'll, I'll get the next one. <laughs> Fuck this. But yeah. that, that was a movie that, I mean, again, it was the highest grossing horror movie of the decade, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I mean, it was so good that, like, in a lot of cases, people are like, yeah, you don't need a sequel. Like, don't give it a sequel. It got a sequel. And it also has a prequel series um, coming up on HBO, or I'm sorry, Max, mm-hmm. uh, next year. So, it you know, it has lasting repercussions. Yeah. You know, because that's one thing that I think about with this decade of films is like, What's the carryover? How how do these things affect the next decade? How do these things affect how we look at you know movies moving forward? And you get a movie like it, and now you get your sequel, you got your prequel, uh, you you get movies um, like again Get Out, uh, Midsummer, uh, the the Witch, and and uh, Hereditary, and you get these movies that now have made other filmmakers think about how they make their films and then even question like okay should i make more should i make a sequel because that is always the the question if a movie does well and it makes money like studios will force you to make a sequel and it's like dude like insidious was meant to be one movie one done and yeah and and i love the ending it ended Mm -hmm. perfectly i remember going to work uh after that weekend watching the movie and a co-worker and I were talking about it. And she was like, oh, my God, they got to make another one. I was like, they absolutely don't need to make another one. They really should. fact, <laughs> it's best if they don't because the way it ended with him getting captured by the ghost, you know, okay, that's it. He's been possessed. He's taken over. Leave it on. Now, even when they made the second one, it worked. It it, it added to the, the uh, lore. Mm. And it was perfectly fine. I don't hate it. I just don't think it was needed. But they could have stopped there even. They could have been like, okay, we're done. But again, it made money. And now we got more. And and that's where we get back to, you know, the 2017 it where it's like, okay, it made money. It made the most money. 
So of course we're gonna make all the monies. (laughs) They're like, we're like, not only are we making all the money, we're gonna make up new money because we're making so much money. money. Like I love the concept of splitting the kids and the adult story. Like Mm -hmm. that is that is one of the most confusing things about the, the the book and even the the old TV series is that jump back and forth. Is they're very harsh, like they're very harsh jumps. There's only a few that actually makes sense in the story. Like the, 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 the girl, when she was it Bev Beverly, when she's older yeah, yeah, Beverly. and uh, she has the abusive husband or boyfriend or whatever. And it makes her flash back to her abusive father. See, that makes sense. But then another yes. one would be like, Bill be walking down the street and he's, he, he saw a green leaf. So it made him think back to the one time he was reading a red book as a kid. I'm like, what the fuck's that got to do? How did that, how do those things link? Okay. Oh, I was going to get into the, do you think one, should they? And two, will they ever do an it where they actually include the fucking reason how those kids lived when they were kids? So I don't know much about what's coming with the prequel series. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more so because it's called Welcome to Dairy. Oh, so I don't know if it's going into more Pennywise, if it's going to, you know, deal with the kids uh, more. So if it's going to deal with Dairy as a as a character, because like Gotham, a lot of that on Fox, right? Yeah. Gotham was like the city was a character in itself. So I feel like Dairy, you know, is one of those things where it's like, OK, you know, we can do it. But. I, I would like to think that they're going to kind of touch on that in the series. It's going to be on uh, on on Max, so Max. we're going to there. You know, there's a little bit more freedom to fuck. Is this around. one where it's more like a Stephen King universe? Like you see bits of all his different stories kind of in the show. Is this that, or is that the other thing? I think that might be the other thing. I think this is going to be specific to Dairy, Pennywise, all got of you. that. Got you. Got you. The red balloon is is part of the marketing. Um, okay. they, they made it pretty clear this is a prequel series to it. Gotcha. So, um, you so know what I'm talking it, about, though, right? Yes. The fuck it, it's um, already it's already out. I think might already be out. Wait, uh, the 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 prequel series? You mean or no? Not not the, the it one. The other one that I thought yeah. it was going to be, where it's like a it's a whole show based in like the Stephen King universe, like where they all kind of interconnect with each other and shit, but like in the real yeah. world don't know um uh, i'm grabbing the wrong thing um mm. I, I don't know that it's out i haven't seen anything but mm. i'm also as much as i like to think that i have my finger on the pulse i you know i only know as much as instagram tells me um let's see so i put on um in the background i put on a quiet place castle rock Oh yeah, that's that's that. Yep, that that has been running. Okay, because uh, it's it's on Hulu. Okay, sorry, you're at the quiet place. I had to Google what it was because it was driving me nuts. Um, I put on Quiet Place just because it was like, okay, well, since we're talking about that, let me go throw it on. Mainly because I'm a little fucked. Mm. Um, because in the beginning, when like you know they're walking around, the kid has a little spaceship, and Dad takes it away, says it's too loud. And it's like for some reason I always like to go back and watch that because it's really shitty of me to say it, but it's like, but look, that kid earned it. He was told, he was warned. It's too loud. Yep. 
In fact, technically, it's the sister's fault for giving it to him and telling him to sneak it out. Yeah, there is that guilt from her. You, yeah. you see that kind of play out through the movie a little bit, but still, like, I don't know. I just feel like, look, you should have known fucking better. Yes, you have mm-hmm. it. You get it. But you know the world you're living in. You can't fucking have toys. Matter of fact, why do you have anything with batteries? Don't yeah, fuck. Right? How are batteries still around? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's been a couple of years at this point. Why are there still batteries working? Yeah, and no, what church, okay, so at the beginning, they said it was day 89 or some shit like that, right? And I'm like looking yeah. at this city and I'm like, it only took you three months for this city to fucking have grass growing up as tall as that two story building over there. What the fuck did that happen in three months? And then it jumps forward and it's like two years later and like the grass looks freshly mown. I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here? I think that is a very, very big inconsistent problem with a lot of movies when you have dystopian type worlds. It's like the grass growth. Like you look at Walking Dead, they have that issue. You look at this movie, they have that issue. Um, the Last of Us, it, it's it's an issue, and it's like okay, like we we need to address this properly. Like grass do it do it like Book of like Eli, that. and just have no grass, just make yeah. it a desert. Oh, what a great um, movie! But they they will actually be doing in twenty twenty four a prequel to the Quiet Place called Quiet Place Day One. So you get up. some kind get- of. Becoming uh, quiet. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, so I'm interested in stuff like that because I do like to see things where like the shit just hits the fan, and they're, the, when they're trying to figure out how to assimilate Handle to this new world, yeah. And, you know, kind of like you know mm-hmm. us with COVID. It's like, oh shit, there's COVID. What do we do? Well, mm-hmm. you can't blow out the candles on a birthday cake anymore. So mm-hmm. you know, be careful. I just want to know what those fucking monsters are. Are they aliens? Are they something else? Like, are they going to explain that shit? Like, I believe they're aliens. I, I feel okay. like they mentioned something in the second one. Okay. But well, I haven't watched that I, one. The first one, they just kind of blew past some, like, you know, headlines on a newspaper. And I tried to catch them, but nothing really stood out as what they said they were. Yeah, I... I believe they're aliens, but I'm going to be honest. I make a lot of shit up. Hey! (laughs) He's not even black, y'all. He was lying about that shit earlier. He'd just be making shit up. (laughs) He never watched that shit out. Like, I don't know shit about Flint. Like, as far as I know, (laughs) I I told everyone the water was good. (laughs) Like, boy, was I wrong. Like, I got people up there fucking dying of fucking lead poisoning now because like no nah, the water's good it's, it's fine look at this it's clear why don't you take oh, a drink now I'm good <laughs> <laughs> fuck out of here you drink um, enough of it you become immune I guess <laughs> it, the, the, the goofy thing about me being in Flint it never seemed wrong <laughs> everything seemed like oh, everything's right and, you know yeah that guy's walking around selling candy and kidnapping kids isn't that what we're supposed to do like no <laughs> it's just like get out like we're talking about it looks beautiful it's that under behind that pretty overlayer. <laughs> trust me flint there's nothing beautiful about flint it's it like, was I'll, pretty all the time <laughs> yeah it, it looked like an overcast all the time it, it, it looked like hereditary jesus <laughs> It's like a sunny day, and it's like, why is a sunny day feel smoggy? Like, is this LA? <laughs> no, it's Flint. Ugh. Well, the the auto plants and shit though too. Right. So that's so part of it. All that beautifulness. But it, it's just you know, I always say like, whenever I talk about Detroit, I'm like, yo, I love my city. My city's beautiful, and it's like, eh, but I'm not moving back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it from a distance. <laughs> yeah, it's like I love it from pictures. <laughs> like I have a picture book of Detroit then and now, and let me tell you. It's beautiful. 
from Maryland. From a distance. <laughs> um, so, um, as you know, I move through the themes or the outline, and you know, kind of, kind of veer from the monsters because the monsters and and the ghosts and and the demonic films mm-hmm. were prevalent in that decade too. Um, you know, we mentioned a few of them, but one thing that I think was new to it all was the digital horror yeah. and how that played into society. And and mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I did enjoy about you know the idea of digital horror is just like how does that how does that affect you like thinking? You know, it's like you know when you think about like what's scary about technology now it's like well the loss of privacy is one thing that's scary um identity you know you don't know who you're talking to catfishing you know that's one thing um my real name is jessica (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, you you got a real husky voice i know i've been smoking for 97 years (laughs) i feel like when when jessica leans into the the i know it's like it's okay then it's like at least you're aware (laughs) you're not even lying to me (laughs) like so you must be truthful um you know uh another thing that comes with the digital horror is um the ideal of like viral viral virality yeah viral Mm -hmm. outbreaks things like Mm -hmm. that just like you know the the fear and, and the, this isn't even about a movie this is about real life you know if you do something dumb like imagine being a fucking high schooler and, and you do something dumb and that shit gets caught on video and that shit's viral within 10 minutes all over all over so you know there are these fears that we have in real life and then you know a lot of these movies kind of take to them like there's one movie called cam that it, it gets a little weird because there's a cam girl and say less i'm in (laughs) i'm I'm sitting there watching that movie with my wife and i'm like "Mm." like is it wrong for me to ask her to leave or just you know look (laughs) i know you're here but like this is here and you know but um the thing is with that movie it's like a cam girl and suddenly someone's under like using her account and she's like you know there's an imposter using my account but I, you know, you see it online quite a bit with somebody's like, don't, you know, someone hack or not hack, but like someone's mimicked my account. So, you know, if someone sends you a DM ask for money from this account, it's not me. It's, you know, whatever. So it's kind of a similar thing to that, where this young lady, you know, she's like, hey, somebody's, you know, fucking cloned my account. And then she sees the actual video and it is actually her in the video. And then it takes a whole different turn. It's like, holy shit. Like, it, it, it was engaging. It did have our attention. I can't remember how it ended, so it wasn't that great. But it was fun enough for you to kind of really follow that journey until you get to the end where you're like, okay, I think that was dumb. But the rest <laughs> of the way was fun. <laughs> it's like, the beginning caught my interest. The middle part was great. The ending, I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like I could have finished. Like I could have turned the movie over at three quarters of the way through. And be like I think I think we've seen enough. Like, don't you want to see the end? No. <laughs> like, trust yeah. me. There's like, I, think I got it all figured out. There's no money shot, so no, I don't want to see it. Um. Also, what you get with the digital horror is isolation. Um, 
you think about a movie like again 2020 even though we're, we're doing 2010 to 2019 but 2020 they had host mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of you know in lockdown because of covid but you know there's isolation even with that because they're doing a seance on zoom oh, the internet you just want all the internet demons <laughs> Fucking it's, like, it's like it's bad enough to do a seance like in general but now you're doing it over the internet oh jesus christ you thought viruses were bad get all the world's demons it's crazy yeah it's like chill <laughs> like <laughs> like like there's enough crazy going on uh cyber room you'd had the one ghost of the one old lady that lived in your house 200 years ago but now you got everybody coming to your fucking shit through the internet no thank you and that old ghost lady's like i told you not to mess with that technology <laughs> Fucking whippersnappers. <laughs> like, they always want to be so smart and mess with the interwebs. The smart one now. <laughs> like, well, Dolores, not you, because you you're dead. You fell down the stairs and broke your hip. So I'm still winning, dummy. Um, dude, I don't know anyone named Dolores, but I feel bad for just dropping that name like that. Because... That just sounds like an old ass lady name. Don't feel bad. I don't care. It Somebody is. gonna message and be like, "Look, I'm only 22. My name is Dolores." I'm like, "You were named after an old ass motherfucker." Then <laughs> I don't know any old Ashleys or old Stacys. I know a lot of old Amelias, Dolores. Um, what else? Gloria. All that Gloria. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> there was like a run on that name back in the mm-hmm. fucking. That was my nana. Like everybody was Glo- Glo- Constance. Oh, Connie. Yes. <laughs> Connie. I actually went to school with a girl named Connie and it freaked me out because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's an old woman's name. But <laughs> you're I, definitely just, named after your great great grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel like okay, you're named after your great great grandma. I'm so this might be a hot take, but I feel like your great great grandma probably didn't like black people. So <laughs> I don't know if you want to be named after her. Um, so She's Change your name to La Constance. <laughs> oh my god, that changes the whole dynamic of it. Um, but yeah, you got isolation, dependency on technology in itself. Um, that's that's a whole thing. Online harassment, bullying, uh, misinformation. You yes, know. we live in that world for sure. <laughs> so. You know, you have a lot of these things that start creeping into the the digital horror escapism and 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 you know getting obsessed. I mean, you see this shit in, in Black Mirror a lot. Um, I still haven't watched that. Even well, though I've been told to. You don't, but <laughs> well, I'm bad about that. Episode, I was like, there's something else I was supposed to be watching, and I forget about it, and be watching something else. Well, I was trying to set up an episode for you and I to do that, but I. I, I, there's too much on the plate right now, so we'll get around it, to it. That'll give me more time to make excuses to forget watching it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I watch it, I love it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, God, I don't want to do it for homework now, though. <laughs> like, now you were just talking about like uh modern technology and stuff. What I'm yeah. looking forward to, you know, we were talking about how like uh, like with the paranormal activities and stuff, like it's your brain equates what you deal with in your real life. Yeah, not robots, but the AIs that we deal with now, mm-hmm. like the AIs on the internet. I'm waiting for that horror movie. That's gonna oh, be the coming. one that's gonna fuck everybody up. Hey, like, so there's a young lady I follow on TikTok, and she was talking about, um, 
movies that were or scripts that were being written. So this was, you know, a couple years back when uh, Roe v. Wade got overturned mm-hmm. and a lot of lots of lots of movies about abortion were being written or movies <laughs> were being written. And uh, she had written a script and hers had been turned down because there's so many that had come through the door. They're like, mm-hmm. we can't take any more of these scripts. And there are actually quite a few movies. I remember seeing trailers for movies uh, upcoming this fall and going into early next year dealing with that. So you know the AI movies are right there on their heels now. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. What's going to be mind-blowing is when they have an AI bot write the AI fucking bot horror movie. And that's when the end of the world fucking happens. So I think that's what the strike was about. Was like, <laughs> I think the people on strike uh, need to behave themselves because look, at the end of the day, that company would be like, okay, cool, y'all, y'all want more money? Go fuck off. Look here, here, computer, make me this script. Yeah. Look, this this computer did it for free. Go fuck yourself. Like, look, I, I think part of what the strike was about was like, look, man, we got motherfuckers using uh, Chat GPT to write fucking movies. Nah, like that. That's not. We can't that's be not paid the same. This. If I'm sitting here writing this shit all out by hand. And transferring incursive. it to a fucking floppy in cursive, going through all that shit with my whiteout. If I do all that and I get paid the same as this dude who just said to his phone, hey, make me this movie, and we get paid the same, that ain't legit. I mean, I agree, but mm-hmm. you know, I guess they just struck a deal, so things seem like they're they're gonna be okay. But I think there's another strike going on. There's too many strikes going on, like so just just I think now is the time for podcasts to really thrive because like shit can be written and now there's going to be kind of a gap. So like, Oh my God, like we got to start getting that new content out. And it's like, meanwhile, podcast was like, yeah, we never stopped bitch. Like, cause guess what? We ain't getting paid. So it's just free. Like, like, th- 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 like there's no strike here. I wish Marilyn Phil would strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, bitch, you ain't getting no more candy bars. <laughs> like, like, you on strike? What? Like, mm-mm, nobody. <laughs> Actually, I mean, he's the one that brings the, the treats to us, so never mind. <laughs> he definitely can't be on strike. Yeah, we can't let we can't lose Marilyn Phil. He's the one that brings us the pastries. So we just like, gotta get we gotta make sure Ricky goes on strike before Sharknado 7 comes out. <laughs> yes. As soon as I hear that's being written, I'm like, hey, so Ricky, um, we're gonna we'll reduce about your wages. Your <laughs> we're gonna take you down from zero dollars so you not have to pay me money to be on the podcast <laughs> you're like wait a minute i was supposed to be getting paid Ooh, <laughs> like, yes oh, so um <laughs> about that that was in your 401k that's gone too <laughs> yeah um i hope you weren't attached but, yeah like yeah once, once they um start really because you know when you look back at a movie like irobot you know, you think about that and it's like, okay, yeah. well, they, they were kind of moving in the right direction. They had the ideal. And now we see what things are becoming. I mean, again, that's what Black Mirror has always been. It's like, you know, what happens when this becomes a thing? What happens when that becomes a thing? Um, What happens when we start going to a social credit score? You know, what happens when, you know, they have robot dogs chasing after people, you know, there's a lot of that that comes from Black Mirror, and you, you like the producers of that show. They jumped on the technological and digital horror and ran with it quick. They're like, 
because it wasn't there yet. So like jump to it now. Let's be first. And, you know, there are other things that have been coming out after, but I still feel like they have that market corner that is theirs. Uh, their last season wasn't so much digital. It, it actually leaned into like legit horror with some monsters. And I was like, huh, didn't see that coming, but okay. Like I'll run with it. But um, yeah, as you look at, you know, where we're going horror wise, that is kind of the future. You know, we got, you know, all the, the, the standards are always going to be there. You know, our slashers are always going to be there. Our monsters will always be there. Demonic possession. I mean, there's the, the new exorcist is coming out on the sixth. Actually, when this episode drops the believer um, or the, the remake, uh, the believer. Mm hmm. So well that that that's the reboot. That's the reboot. Oh, the believer is the reboot. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then I just put up a trailer for another movie called The Exorcist. It has no connection to any of it. I was like, oh, was it called The Exorcism of Ginny Tulip? That mean be a remake of Emily Rose. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, You don't worry about me. (laughs) No, like it's just just called The Exorcist, and I was really confused. I was like. Are you sure that you're allowed to do that legally? Like, I just feel like I, I, I know the, uh, that makes the difference between the two. You can say exorcist, you just can't say the exorcist. Well, no, this is even called the exorcist, and that's what wow. Like, well, I think there's an S at it. And I think like if you plural if you make it plural, it's gotcha. something different. Maybe I don't know. But I was just like, wow, that's weird. I mean it uh, just just legal enough. <laughs> just like, legal enough to get away with that shit. The director of The Exorcist just died not too long ago. I mean, Jesus wow. Christ, let the man be dead for at least a year before you start ripping off his ideas. <laughs> Dicks. Dickheads. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, either way it goes, you know, those things are always going to be there. I mean, like, my curiosity comes in with, you know, the new frontiers that we can venture into. Again, AI is a big one that's going to be huge in the 2020s, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and even revisiting, you know, some of the classic monsters. I mean, we did get an Invisible Man movie um, recently. We did? Uh, yes, with um, the chick from that show, The Handmaiden's Tale, I believe. I don't know. I've never seen name. that show either. Nor have I, but Sarah loves it. And she's like, the, our world is becoming that show. I was like, relax. Yeah, we ain't there yet. <laughs> like, Chill out. The patriarchy is okay. <laughs> We're fine. We're not worried. Glass ceilings right where it needs to be at. Keeping you out of the rain. Don't even worry about it. Like, it's okay. I, I don't think I have female listeners, so you, know, we, you, you don't anymore. <laughs> and that sound there is the collective click, 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 click. <laughs> like, all right. No, that one lady you had on talking about her her book, the MMA, yeah. the 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 BJJ chick. She oh, says yeah. she listens and and she can kick my ass. I was only joking about the glass ceiling thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, look, she like like we're all sweethearts. All of us grapplers are sweethearts, but yeah, I, don't test it though. I'm not testing. No, it. Yeah, oh, I ain't trying to. That's why I took it back. I was raised by a single parent mom who was raised by a single parent mom. I love ladies. <laughs> like, y'all have love, the whole world. Love, love you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically, yeah, we had an Invisible Man movie come out a couple years ago, and last one I remember is Hollow Man. That was fucking great. I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like Hollow one, Man. Shh. I like Hollow Man too. Don't tell anybody. 
Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, I'm not shocked, though. I, I'm not. I mean, you know, I like uh, Sharknado, so my, my yeah. levels are low. So, <laughs> it, like, anytime you say you like anything, I look at the bar and I'm like, well, he did like Sharknado. So the bar is extremely low. So, so if I said I don't shocked. like something, you. Yeah. <laughs> What makes so, me really weirded out is if I say I don't like something and somebody swears that it's a great movie, I'm like, <laughs> I literally will watch six Sharknados and I think what you're talking about is fucking donkey shit. And you're telling me it's the greatest thing since sliced fucking bread. I don't know if we should be in the same room with each other. <laughs> so, and that's where I think this all kind of really gets into the weird uh, question of for this decade mm-hmm. of the movies that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your most enjoyable experience? What was your most enjoyable film of this decade? It's got to be Get Out. Like, I haven't, I haven't watched a movie multiple times back to back like that that didn't have Batman in it, and I can't tell you how many years. Like, it's because each time I walk, I watch it back, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking away, not because it's not important. But because I'm trying to find the other stuff too, I'm taking away the racial aspect of it, the the yeah. the social the sociological part of it, and just looking mm-hmm. at it as a movie. I've already watched this thing. I just finished my fourth run on it while we were on here talking. Like a grant, this time I wasn't really paying attention. I was catching most of it in this reflection. wasn't paying too much attention because we were talking. But still, that's four times within. A, when did you first tell me that list? Like a month ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably like two weeks, three weeks. Four times already and i i work a crazy ass amount of hours and i fucking coach baseball and my kids also want to travel ball team too and we're driving around the state for baseball and i still made time to watch that thing four times well, like it's that, crazy I appreciate it oh i appreciate you putting me on because i it was one of those ones that's it, again it was on my list of i've heard it's good i want to watch it put it on my queue and then just forget about it because you know the new Star Wars episode released this week or fucking yeah. something else happened and then just gets lost in the sauce somewhere. Well, Get Out is one of those movies also, like we said earlier, with the racial components to it, it can become a divisive movie because you can either have people watch it and and say, well, I hated it because of the racial component or I loved it because of the racial component. But it's very hard to watch a movie like that and separate that thing mm-hmm. from it. So to be able to watch that movie and say, look, these are the other things I took away from it, discounting the race relations to it, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that takes work, I believe, because mm-hmm. it's it's just easy. It's low hanging fruit. You yeah. know, it, it's their own purpose for you to say, OK, mm-hmm. this element's there. That's what we're going to we're going to zero in on. We're going to zero in on that and not talk about anything else. Yeah. The, the, meanwhile, there's so much more going on in that movie. So I know Jordan wants us to talk about it. That's kind of why it's there, but yes. it ain't that he doesn't want you to fa- focus on it to the negative. Correct. There's so much more happening. And plus the guy has a visual fucking genius. I want to kind of just turn it on again, just to have the colors and stuff going over there. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, well, it, yeah, the color, the color, color patterns for that movie. Mm-hmm. is just like, cause even when like everything's kind of breaking down and once, you know, like he and Rose are trying to leave, you mm-hmm. see the mom walk in. the The outfit that the mom is wearing matches the doors. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know she kind of blends there. Like the so the kids are the ones that actually their clothing actually clashes. So like the son is wearing black and white. He's got on like a vest or whatever with a white mm-hmm. shirt. 
you know, he's got on blue and then Rose has on, she has on the red and white. So like, they're the ones that clash. <clears throat> and <throat> you know, that kind of tells you a little bit about that scene, about what's going to happen there where the parents are like kind of blended in. They're cool with the colors of the room and they're collected. <clears throat> Meanwhile, you got the brother who, you know, he's kind of a hothead. You got, um, fucking Daniel. I can't remember his name in the movie. Uh, you got Daniel, he's you know heated because he's like yo where the fucking keys you got rose playing into it so you know everybody who's got clashing colors and again it could be like oh you're reading too much fucking into it maybe that's not what he was intended to do well that's what i fucking picked up yep that's what i took from it and like that too you're talking we were talking about that scene when i talked about his face when he's asking for the keys and stuff like that look at that chick's acting look at rose's acting oh my god i don't know it's right i don't know where to look for and when it clicks and he's like, give me the fucking keys. And she goes, who, who? Like, she's literally like this. She goes, you know, I can't hand you these keys. Like, it just shuts mm-hmm. off like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Just, oh, my God. Like, it's just such great acting. And to see Bradley Whitford actually acting like that, it blows me away. Because every time I see him, I always go back to the the Billy Madison. I always think of him from Billy Madison. Like, he's yeah. just forever in billy madison in my head and when i see him do other stuff it trips me out sometimes the because the business of economics <laughs> like every time i see him that's what i think of <laughs> the, the whole thing with that movie again is like we're pointing out all these other things and like there's so many people that can't get past the race element but again like you know that that chick's you know acting you know her facial expression, and then even like then when you the get grandma. later again when when yeah the grandma, and in 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 the scene where he's looking through the pictures in her closet, mm-hmm. and then he puts it together, he sees the dude, mm-hmm. he sees the lady, and it's like oh shit, like something weird is going on here because these two people, these last two pictures I see, these motherfuckers, he's the groundskeeper and she's the she's the housekeeper. Like, what the fuck's going on here? And you still don't have it pieced together. But like I, I feel like there needs to be an episode dedicated specifically to that movie because there's so much that there that you pick up from that. So like I feel like um, Phil talking about some black and white French movie when I talk about this movie. <laughs> like I feel like that. Like I like like all that shit I talk about pretentious and all that. I feel that now after watching this movie. Like, I'm like, I want to sit down and write a doctoral thesis about this fucking movie. <laughs> like, it's Dang. just, it's a good movie. It, I mean, it's it's great. There's really only, like I said, there's, oh, I didn't talk about it. The You kind of touched around it. It was in the same general part. There was only one part that I didn't hate it. It just glaringly stood out to me was when they were sitting out there talking, like at the lakeside or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having a, a conversation like this. And all of a sudden, like there was like a switch that just popped like mid conversation. And I don't know if it was done on purpose or if it was just how the dialogue kind of played to itself. But it very much I, I I was okay, following, tracking, tracking, tracking. What the fuck just happened? Like it, it, there was a thing that happened in there that just wasn't in the movie. And I don't know if it was an editing thing or a dialogue thing. I don't know. But that's the only, it's not even bad. It's not even bad enough for me to be able to tell you exactly what went wrong with it. It's just, it felt off where everything else just kind of flowed and felt nice. That something happened there. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think. Hmm. but It's I, when I they're conversating like... about the leaving and not and staying and all that kind of stuff. There's like yeah. this weird little 
change and almost like the temperature in the room changed. But when you're in the room, you know why the temperature changed. But watching the movie, I don't know why the temperature changed. I don't know what the fuck happened. I also think, too, that scene in itself, like I say, he's there. You can see the blue sky that kind of hit his shirt, kind of blends with that a little bit. But the scene in itself feels kind of out of place. Yeah. And I think that scene is just kind of used because as they're talking, the silent auction is going on. So I think that that scene is kind of used to kind of show that Mm -hmm. because you don't want to just jump directly to that. So you have to have a scene to kind of contrast it somewhere. Plus he's got to be away from the house so he doesn't accidentally walk in on that. Correct. So, I mean, it it probably could have been done better, but that's the only thing that makes sense about it. So that's also where the color gradient thing really started happening too. When we were talking about that earlier, about how bright and shiny everything was Mm -hmm. and that we're looking at it from our perspective of the world looks fine. I don't know what the fuck everybody's bitching about type stuff. To now we've been uncomfortable because we're seeing shit happening, and from that point forward, you're switched to his side of it, and that's when you yes. start seeing the blue lensing and all that kind of stuff happening in the movie because it kind of it's right after that. It's like they go out there, pretty, pretty, pretty. It's kind of a blurry, you know, bluish, pinkish sunset bullshit, and when you come back, it's all dark from that point forward. Yep, yep. So there was um, a transition out there too that happened. That makes visual sense. I just the dialogue something threw me off in the dialogue. But still a great movie. If you haven't watched it, go fucking watch it. Even if I spoiled it for you, I don't care. Go watch it. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like you can spoil it, but you still can enjoy it with the spoils. Come back and tell me I'm a pretentious asshole. Leave comments. Dante loves that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him, how he, could, gonna... tell him how he could do this better. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely gonna read those. The only comment that I've actually read is like there's this one guy, he, he's really cool. He 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 comments on Instagram. Um, almost every episode and you know it's always positive and I appreciate them um, and, and it's like I feel like okay if it, it, like if anything for anything I know Ricky's listening Marilyn feels listening and, and this young man is listening and it's like all right I'm doing this for you guys like, my <laughs> wife we appreciate listen. it and also but, if you leave comments always start them out with our Lord and Savior wanted me to tell you dot 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 because Dante will one thousand percent read everything after that part because he wants to know what God told you to say to him. <laughs> like I need to know what the Lord is is, is telling. It, I, I need why to know what tell the me Lord himself? is using you. Yeah. Why he ain't you. tell me himself? I got ears. <laughs> yeah, like, I got the internet. I mean, he could have texted me. <laughs> like, come talk to me. Say it with your chest, homie. Like, why are you scared, bitch? How um, about we step outside, God? <laughs> like, like, oh, Catch come on, me come outside, on. God. Like, step up, son. Like, what you scared of these? You scared of these fucking thorn crowns? Like, that's your weakness. Um, and of course, as I go back to Tubi, the first thing that comes up is Stephen King's "It." Yep. Lovely. They're listening. Um, yeah, fuck this movie. Uh, so I, I guess with that, we can kind of start, uh, wrapping up here, um, before getting out of here, just one thing, you know, I, I do like the, uh, you know, or I want to start ending on with these decade episodes, just kind of giving an overview of the decade. Um, and, and, you know, one thing about the, the 2010s is like, it was that decade that was very, um, it was a transition transformative if you will uh uh decade for horror itself so you know you got a lot of um 
you got you got a lot of new faces when it came to directing. You got a lot of new uh, themes that opened up. You know, you didn't have too many sequels popping up, so you can see this transition. And it looks like going into the twenty twenties, it's kind of business as usual. You know, you're not getting a whole lot. Of, there are a few sequels, but it's not overdone, and you're still getting a lot of fresh material. So, you know, for this decade, I mean, um. You know, the movies that that really stood out, I have a list here, um, you know, that I feel like, you know, people should check out. And there, there's some, you know, deep cuts, too. You should go check out that probably won't go on this list. But Get Out, as you heard us talking about, go check it out if you haven't. Hereditary, The Conjuring. Ricky didn't like it, but go check out The Quiet Place. You don't got to really have you, you can watch this on silent, actually. It, it's can, ironically enough, you don't even have to mute your TV. He does it fucking for you. <laughs> yeah. Like I had it on in the background and I was like, you know what? I don't even need the sound on for this. Dude, my wife walked in when I was watching and she's like, what's, what's wrong with the movie? You got the TV? <laughs> and I'm like, you, you, you insensitive motherfucker. There's a deaf child on this TV. <laughs> like, why are you being so hurtful? Um, you know what my wife does for a living, so I made even funny. She's like, I would never. <laughs> it's like, why are you so insensitive? It's like a prick. Did you just have a training about that? <laughs> they have feelings too. You know they have feelings. You had the training. You were there too. Um, but uh, go check out the Quiet Place 2017's It and its sequel It Two. Uh, go check them both out. The Witch. One that we didn't talk about was Cabin in the Woods. That that's a, another one that was early in the decade, 2012, um, and it plays that's off the one meta with Thor. Horror. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, that's another another uh, good one. Annihilation is one that a lot of people like. I personally was not crazy about it, but it it, it is well done. It, it looks good. It has Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac. Mortal Kombat it. Annihilation. I mean, it was trash. No, 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 fuck no. Son, okay. I would never, I would never recommend that movie to anyone. <laughs> if I, I recommend it, if I tell you to watch that, that means I hate you. <laughs> if you hear me tell anyone to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I am crying for help. <laughs> that, like, that's my safety word. <laughs> like you we know, should watch Mortal Kombat out. Annihilation tonight. Somebody call the cops. <laughs> now they've been kidnapped. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, Dante's been kidnapped. They're about to traffic his body. And harvest those poor organs. kidnappers. <laughs> they don't even know what they're in for. <laughs> like they're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> like call nine one one, but not for me. Not for me. Um, so what was so annihilation? You're at annihilation. Uh, annihilation. The Baba, the Baba Duke or Baba Duck. I don't know how it's pronounced, but go. That was one I didn't like, but after watching it again, it wasn't the movie that I didn't like. It's a little kid in that movie. He's insufferable. I can't fucking stand them, but that's by design. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them kids for sure. That's the Russian but, one, right? Like the uh, old lady. Uh no, 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 no. Um, what, what is, is it? I can't remember what where it's supposed to be from, but I think they're like in England or some shit. I don't know. Okay, they have accents. Uh, gotcha. The Brits, but yeah. not um, American. Bird. Yeah, not <laughs> American. So definitely, you know, don't it, you know? I, I'm not gonna say it. Um, <laughs> us, another Jordan Peele film. Go check that out. Insidious. It follows Midsummer. Train to Busan is one that I I I talk about that movie so much. I still um, want to watch that one because I saw it on the list and I was like, "That's the Korean zombie one, right?" Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's so good. Uh, and when I say it's so good, I don't want to hype it up like, dude, it's the greatest film ever. But it's one of those things where there's a lot of uh, character development gotcha. that's done in that movie. There's a lot of emotion to the movie. The zombies are almost kind of second nature. Like, I think you and Miss like, Sarah were talking about it in one. Like they're doing like a, a an American inversion, right? Like in New York or yeah. some crap. Uh, Last train to New York. Uh, I can wait for that. Um, I've been on that train. It ain't that fucking scary. Yeah, <laughs> I went on. We went through Philly. I was a little. I was a little worried for a minute. <laughs> Once we got out, I was straight. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last one on that list is the Ritual. So. Um, Go check those films out. Uh, there's there's some of the high marks of the decade. I mean, again, in that decade, you had uh, the the Freddy remake, you had Scream Four, you know. So th- there were your pop culture films out there, but um, you know these are, you know, the recommended list. I don't know by who because it wasn't me. Because trust me, Annihilation wouldn't be on that list if it was me recommending it. I told um, you, Miss Sarah made these things, and you sent them to me. You you lied. Now nah, you busted your damn self. Dude, I, I, I make half the shit up that I do. Like, like I just go and grab a list. Like that seems good. <laughs> I, I trust whoever wrote this. Like I was looking at another list earlier, and I didn't see a single movie I recognized. I was like, "Whose top ten is this?" <laughs> like, like, like I, it was like the top ten. Like I looked at each decade, and when I got to the seventies, I was like, "Dude, I only recognized three movies out of these ten. Damn, like." You like eat a dick. I got to the eighties. I was like, I know a lot of movies from the eighties, and I only recognize seven of these films, which is Why still Howard the Duck on your horror list. <laughs> it was just like one of those things. Where it was like, I just don't know who's making this list, and I don't trust you. Um, but uh, with that being said, uh, thank you everyone as always for listening to the show. Thank you for the support. Uh, if y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out. You can find me at So You Like Horror on Instagram, or the words separated by underscores. I would suggest emailing me, but I don't remember the email address. That's a fucking fact. There's and hyphens and question marks and all kinds of weird shit in it. I, it's probably So You Like Horror at gmail.com. It, it, it seems like some shit I would say. Send something crazy to that email. Let's see what happens. Let's see. It'd be fun for all of us. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's on my phone. Like that's that's the sad thing is like so don't send me an email because I'm not gonna check it, but um and also uh thank you to Ricky for, for like for doing doing you know the legwork here because whenever I ask anyone to do these episodes they're like oh shit I got to do homework and it's like well yeah <laughs> like you got to I'm down for it, man I like homework so I, I appreciate um you stepping in and and doing this uh you got any shoutouts or mentions you want to drop before you get out of here um always 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 nerd rage man that's the that's the the home for for both of us we both kind of branched out from there um yep. check out nerd rage on all your podcast listening devices and areas and whatnots um and uh come over and check out the realm of collectors friday every other friday night i'm on the realm hatton project there with the some of the other guys from the realm there you have it folks go go get yourself another dose of ricky and um, <laughs> and um, you know, I got some other podcasts too. Uh, y'all can go listen to it off the mats. We talk about jujitsu sometimes. Uh, Colompton Beer Club, we drink beer and talk about sports and sometimes make my co hosts feel very uncomfortable. Um, but otherwise, again, thank you.
if y'all got any suggestions for uh, themes, topics, send them to me because there's a lot of ground to cover, but I like when people give me an assignment because then I feel like, you know, this is special. This is for you. I got you covered. So we'll do it. Otherwise, y'all folks keep listening to this show and we'll keep making it. Thank you, everyone. And bye. Bye, y'all. I think that's good for now. The end.